Hello, and welcome to episode 70 of the 21 Handshake Marketing Podcast. If you're new to listening, welcome. Our podcast covers social media news and digital marketing trends for anyone who is involved in business. So whether you are in the B2B or B2C, and whether you are in the marketing or the sales team, we go over tips, trends, and leave you with some actionable marketing items to apply or think about. First off, I'm Sarah, account manager here at 21 Handshake. I'm Ashley, also an account manager. My name is Alex. I am in charge of visual content. So if you've followed our last few episodes, you know we are talking about our new digital marketing process, and we have been breaking it down into nine action-filled steps. This is a whole system. It's a process. We know it works great. If you haven't listened to those episodes yet, here's the one-minute catch-up but please go back and listen to them. (laughs) You'll really gain a lot more info and understand this whole process better. So episode 68, we made the debut of our digital marketing solution where we talked about each of the nine steps included in the new process and that when you follow those, it will lead businesses to market authority. We know this because we have used this with our own clients and have seen them be successful. In that episode, we did a high level overview of each step from one to nine, and we did a short definition of each step. Last week, we started to dive into specifically what each of those steps meant. So last week, episode 69, for those who like to keep track of numbers, Mm -hmm. we started to dive deep into the first step, which was market research. Sometimes that can't, you know, isn't the most exciting thing in the world, but it is so important for building the foundation of all the other steps and of any marketing process, really. So this week, we're diving headfirst into episode 70, which is our brand story. But first, a brief bit about what has happened over the last week in digital marketing. So Ashley, Facebook has now opened the floodgates to what they're calling search ads, Mm -hmm. which to me, I'm like, wait, search ads, isn't that (laughs) Google? Like, what are they giving Google a run for the money? (laughs) Um, Not quite. So the search ads that um, now all advertisers will be able to utilize on Facebook um, pertains to Facebook search. So okay, but still a kind of search engine that Facebook is pushing. Correct. Just on the platform, on the Facebook platform. Um, So I think this was previously just in in like a beta, like testing mode where it was like very limited to who had that capability, but it is official that all um, advertisers should be able to utilize this function now. So um, the search ads just appear just like um, the ads would appear in a feed, um, just in the search results tab. And then um, let's see, they do not have the option to target people based on specific keywords or phrases oh. yet. Oh, I, yet. I, 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 do okay. think, I do think that will come, but um, not quite yet. As of now, um, the ads are contextual, which we've talked about on about YouTube recently um, mm. and how their ads are trying to be contextual with the, the topic of the video. Um, so then if but, you can't target for the keywords, how correct. are they making that contextual? You're just, how do you set up the ad? I would wonder, like, how yeah. do you, would you put in the target audience if 
really, hmm. I, I'm, I truly believe it just has something to do with their algorithm and kind of like okay. what we talked about when Facebook went down. Um, they have way more data than we That's realize true. they have. So yeah. I believe they put together an algorithm that helps the ads pop up contextually. Um, it is limited to English and Spanish okay result term so so international sorry but I, since we're mostly working yeah. national markets <laughs> you know i could see this being very popular just myself i've mm -hmm. used facebook search a little more recently just trying mm -hmm. to find some different groups and stuff mm -hmm. and um you know if maybe an ad had came up that looked relevant i might have clicked on it i will say like i've been enjoying the contextual ads i like seeing ads for things that i'm already looking yes. for or topics that i'm already interested yeah. in um i've kind of enjoyed the ads that i've seen recently yeah <laughs> most, dare i say <laughs> most people i think do expect the contextual ads i think enough of us read blogs and all of those work off contextual like said, YouTube said they'll do contextual. You know, it's just kind of what we're expecting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's becoming a standard. But also, Sarah, to your point, I was actually just going to ask before you said that, how often do you guys find yourself using Facebook search in the first place? It's hit I or miss, you know, like I'll yeah. go and like if I'm researching like, oh, OK, I want to find a group on a specific topic then I'll go and I'll search. Um, right. I find some, a lot of times personally, if you don't type in like specifically the name of what you're looking for, like the name of the group or the yes. person even, mm. like sometimes I don't, I don't find Facebook search to be that reliable. And I definitely don't find myself using it in the same way that I would use like a Google or something like that searching. Yes. For yeah. That is, so that's where I'm curious how this. That is true. Like I, I do find myself using Facebook search, especially if I'm just like looking for a local business or something, okay. but you're right. It's not, that functional i do wish they would um improve that a little bit yeah now that you say that the times i have been searching for like specific groups to follow i have not been that impressed with the the results like yeah. i'll try to really like niche down and then i'll get like no results and i'm like okay that's <laughs> but i'm trying to find something <laughs> that's specific to this right surprisingly anyways so okay so that will be a story that develops over time we'll continue to kind of keep everyone updated on that i could see this being more useful in the marketplace area if oh, they yeah. somehow open this the, uh, a search ad function in the marketplace right but right we'll see yeah, definitely. So, okay. So next story also has to do with Facebook. And oh, I don't know if this is just a scare tactic, the headline I saw, but there's murmurs out there that business pages on Facebook will once again lose some decline in impressions. Alex. So this doesn't have to do anything with as a result of like them them miscalculating things or, or anything like that um but essentially what they are doing is uh they will be updating the time frame for which they filter out repeat organic impressions from the same person so as a result you may see less organic impressions for your page and your posts um they did say that it's important to note that the full effects of this probably won't be um, perceivable until like the, the full rollout, which I guess ends on October 28th, started on October 27th, uh, started on October 17th. Um, so basically they, they are just kind of like, if, if you are a repeat visitor to a page, they probably won't count as many of those repeat visits as a statistic. Wow. Again, though, I can't help but see a similarity here and in Google because yeah. that's how analytics are tracked as well. So when like someone comes to your website, um, you know, a repeat user will not be counted. So I guess the reason that they're doing this, though, is they are 
changing it to be more aligned with the methodology that they use for ads. Um, apparently the way that they count organic traffic versus paid traffic mm. and like visits and reach and things like that mm -hmm. are a little bit different between the two, which doesn't make, yeah. uh, right. that doesn't seem like common sense to me, but no, th there yeah. must be reasons f for why they do that. Um, but they're, they are changing them to make them more similar. Hmm. Okay. So, Interesting. I guess you could just maybe have like ads have a frequency tab of when people are seeing your stuff. Yeah. But well, okay. So, so with all this little bit of decline and changes, I'm sure that we are all wondering what we can do as a business to stand out, increase our reach, increase our awareness. Well, that might just start with a brand story, which, hey, we're talking about that today. And it is step two of our digital marketing solution. So all of us around the table here, we are big fran frans, <laughs> fans of brand story. So let's dive into that and talk about everything that encompasses a brand story. So Alex, as our visual content manager and the guy behind planning all our creative briefs for clients and executing video shoots for brand stories, I know this topic is very near and dear to you. <laughs> so for this episode, I want you to pitch Ashley and I on why we need a brand story. So we are your clients and we aren't sure brand stories for our team. So give us the scoop on the why we need a brand story. We'll chime in with questions. And then after you've convinced us why, we'll move on to the what. <laughs> so meaning what takes place on our before after the brand story shoot. So why do we need a brand story, Alex? <laughs> Awesome. I love the pressure here. So <laughs> the way that I like to talk about brand story, um, a lot of times I think when people t say the term brand story or marketers talk about brand story, uh, the clients or the prospective clients might see it as sort of like a fluffy marketing jargon term that's like, okay, I kind of get what brand is, but I don't, it sounds expensive. It sounds like very time consuming. How does it really help me? And it's not just like a non, like a, a fluffy term. So the way that I like to describe brand story, if you have 25 different employees in your company, if you ask all of them what the company does, you will probably get 25 slightly different answers. And going through our brand story process is one of the best, simplest, and most effective ways to essentially, um, streamline that message make it consistent so if you have if people ask anyone in your business from the ceo to you know someone who might packing boxes whatever they have a piece of content that they can point at when someone asks what do you guys do everyone gets the same answer because they all get pointed to the same place and that usually results in a brand story video um now brand story doesn't have to be just executed in a video format um but brand story is one of the most, the best, simplest, most effective pieces of content that your company can have. And what you need to do once, once you've created your brand story, now I'm kind of skipping over some steps here because it can be complex and time consuming to create the, this brand story. Everything we, we kind of call the brand story video, your corner, your keystone piece of content, because everything else that you say about your business, whether it's a piece of content or a collateral, should support the story that you're telling in this brand story. 
And it's important to do that so you don't get segmented in your messaging. The more consistent it is, the more trustworthy it is, the more believable it is. So wherever a person meets your brand, whether it's in your store, on your social platform, on your website, they're getting the same story, the same messaging in all of those different places. And when that happens, you become more trustworthy, you become more believable, and people are more likely to do business with you. But we already have a logo mm-hmm. and <laughs> kind of think that's our brand. It speaks for itself. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this is a situation that we run into. Um, a logo is actually part of a brand. A logo is not a brand. Mm-hmm. A brand is much more than just the visual aspects of your company. It's who you are. It's what you do. It's why you do it. It's the way that people feel when they interact with your brand or your business or your company or the, or the salespeople or the customer service people. Um, it, yes, it is the logo. It is the different colors. It is your font. Um, but even more than that, like I said, it's it's the way that people feel when they interact with your brand. So at our company, we don't have a very compelling story. We <laughs> sell lawnmowers of all things. And I just don't think people will be interested <laughs> in the story of that. So, what, you know, I don't know. Why would people be interested in this story? So why should we tell it? <laughs> <laughs> Well, your business probably started at some point for a purpose. Um, obviously, you can't tell your per- prospective customers that you started a business, to, you know, to make money. But there, <laughs> there must have been a a higher purpose or a or a meaningful experience that you had for why that business came to be, and that's what you want to tell. And it might so. Th- there's one option of a story that you can tell. So let me just ask you that. Let's stop mm-hmm. you right there. Because I've always heard that you should, you know, be incorporating everything about them. So what I'm hearing you say, though, is maybe we should tell our story in the brand story. So that's acceptable for a brand story? Because I always heard marketing, like, make it about them, make it about them. Yeah, so you kind of have two two separate mm-hmm. routes. I would say that is, that, is, that is one option. And that's something that people can relate to, um, you know, when we're talking about this meaning of what you had behind starting the business, people can hopefully relate to that. Um, your other option is to like really try and make the customer the hero. And some some businesses are definitely more uh, uniquely positioned mm-hmm. to tell that sort of a story. Um, you know, for example, you know, you, you might be some sort, you know, a dry looking company from the outside, I don't know, like tax auditing or something like that. And yeah, so so we do tax auditing, but what does that mean? Like, what you want your prospective customer to feel is that like they were the hero because they hired you, or they went out and found you. Like they were the ones they saved the day because we went and found mm-hmm. like this auditing company, and they made everything right for us. That we had a phenomenal experience with them. Um, they helped us out at the end of the day, and we didn't have to deal with X situation. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm I'm seeing what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, you you want to those are kind of like your two options of kind of how to to try and tell your brand story is explains people what sort of why you were like uniquely positioned to start this company or like what the situation was from which the company arose um, or trying to make your customer the hero or you can kind of like try and mix those two together 
Okay, so it's kind of a play on emotions almost, you would say? Definitely. I think the more that you relate to your prospective customer, your clients, the better you're going to do it. It's, it's, it's who you are, what you do, and, and why you do it are the, are the three simple things behind brand story. So what about what others are saying about us? Should we take that into consideration too in our brand story? So it's definitely, especially in the, in the world of digital marketing, it's important to listen to what people are saying about your brand online. Um, but the, the imp- one of the most important reasons to tell your brand story is that if you aren't telling it, then other people are going to tell it for you. And it might not be the message that you want people telling. Um, whether it's either completely wrong or they're just getting some parts of the business wrong or, or forgetting about parts of the business. It's really important that you tell your brand story, if for no other reason than to make sure that it's the correct messaging and other people aren't telling it the way that they want it to be told. I love that. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we're buying into the brand story. We love this idea. <laughs> We think storytelling is awesome and we really want to tell our story, but we're not good on camera. Will this be scripted? Will I have to memorize something? Because honestly, that sounds a little intimidating. Absolutely. (laughs) I think I can completely relate to the feeling of being on the other side of the camera. I'm usually behind the camera, but I've spent a little bit of time on the other side and it can absolutely be intimidating to people who aren't familiar with that feeling. But so we have, I mean, we've done hundreds of interviews. We've done hundreds of videos, everything from 15 second ad type videos to seven minute long company history videos for people who want to do that. Mm. Um, but so we have, we refined our process a lot. Um, we very rarely script things because it's very difficult for people to sound authentic or at least people who don't have a lot of experience in front of camera to sound authentic when things are scripted very often. (laughs) Yeah. Which is, which is more often than not. So, so what we do is we put together a a list of questions ahead of time, and this is all included in our, our creative brief. And I'll, I'll get into that in a second, but the, this list of questions is meant to sort of like draw out your answers authentically to the questions that we're asking those being who you are, what you do, and why do you do it? So um, will you sit down with us to discuss those like answers? What if we can't figure that out? <laughs> yeah, so so part of our whole pre-production process is getting all this messaging done before we even, or figuring out what the messaging is before we put you on camera. Um, and that involves essentially the creation of what we call our creative brief. And in the creative brief is where we lay out you know, all the, the specific messaging that we want people to come away from the video understanding. Um, we talk about the aesthetic of the video. So what sort of the feel does it have visually and emotionally? Um, we talk about any other relevant information that we need to have. Um, for example, you know, uh, basics like shoot date, where it's going to be, who's going to be involved, mm-hmm. um, emails and things like that. Understanding if we, <laughs> we're going to have to fly drones there. Um, can we do that? Can we not? Things like that. Um, but the most one of the most important things, or I think that what our clients find very helpful is the list of these um, interview questions that we put in there to help them prepare to help answer these questions of who you are, what you do, and why you do it. And there's 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 a lot of different ways or questions that I can ask that help kind of like draw that answer out of you when we do get you in front of camera. Um, but we we do discuss as with your entire team and and you review this with your team as well. Um, these messages that we want to get across. Um, a lot of times, it, it to put brand story very simply, or, or I ask 
clients, you know, if there's one thing that people came away, if people watch your video, if there's one message that they could take away about your business, what would it be? And that usually has something to do with, um, you know, coming away with a very simple understanding of what your business is um, or why it could be very beneficial to you or your business as, as the person who's hiring them. And how long do you think those videos should be? So it varies a little bit. Obviously, some brand stories are more complex than others. If you sell a widget, that's <laughs> simpler to tell than if you have, you know, a nine-step marketing process that takes a while, that can take a little <laughs> a while to explain. Speak for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so um, our belief is that the more simple and concise you do it, the better. Um so if you can get it to 60 seconds, that's amazing. Right, because I've heard that's how long it can be on Instagram, right? So, Right. So it, it it's a little bit difficult to say, obviously, due to the complexity of the story that you're trying to tell. But we aim for about 90 seconds mm -hmm. um, is kind of our is sort of our goal that we have in our head of where we want to get this video to be. Um, it can be a little bit shorter. Sometimes it is a little bit longer. Um, but 90 seconds is kind of our goal. I know that 60 seconds is the number for Instagram, mm -hmm. um, but you can also post it as an Instagram TV video now so that yeah. um, so you have the ability to have that extra length in there. That leads need. me okay. to my next question. Now that I have my video, what, what do I do with it? So there, there are a lot of different ways that you can implement your brand story. And you, got, you guys can chime in here a little yeah. bit as well. <laughs> it's a trick now, question. obviously you have... Now you have the the file, the the brand story video. You should put that anywhere that you can share a video, whether it's on your Facebook page, you can put it as your cover video if you want. You should put it on your YouTube page. It should definitely be on your website. So yeah. as as one of the first pieces of content that people can see. Um, you can also break your brand story down into kind of like smaller pieces, whether it's the video wise or if you want to tell it in different ways, whether it's blog posts or different or the testimonials that you might have shot that are part of your brand story. You can chunk those out and share those as pieces of content. Um, I also think it's a great like introductory like sales piece, mm. right? For your sales team when they're making an introduction to a new client, like, hey, here's a quick video just so you understand who we are, what we care yeah. about, and why we do what we do. Um, and you can even send it out to the people that already know you. Um, it's a good way to kind of reiterate what is important to you, um, or what is important to your client and why they hired you in the first place. Um, or you might even teach them something about your business that they didn't know, which is, which is definitely, uh, uh, the case we find sometimes with companies is that, you know, they do so many different things. Um, you know, their client didn't realize one of those things was an offering. Right. So what if we do this whole video? And then we go to review it and we realized we really missed the mark on some key points of our business. So this is what the whole pre-production process is for. When we put together the creative brief, our goal when we shoot the video is to, to, to pull out all, the, all of the, in the interviews that we do, pull out all the messaging necessary to tell the message that we agreed upon in the creative brief. So that when we get around to sharing the, the video file, it's telling the story that we all agreed that we were going to tell. Mm -hmm. um, and so that situation realistically should never happen um, because 
in our meetings with with our team, with your team, we'll decide what the best, most concise, most effective messaging is, and then ask the proper questions to pull those statements and messages out of you. And get everyone on board before shooting, right? Exactly, exactly. Making sure everyone is on the same page and agrees. Um, every Everyone who needs to see the creative brief has seen it and, and put, submitted feedback. Exactly. And how, how do they do that? How do they get feedback? Back so we create a document called the creative brief and then we'll share that with you and then you'll have the ability to comment on that on that document okay um so whether it's one person in your business who's kind of like the champion of of, of rounding up all all the revision requests or mm-hmm. kind of comments within your business um or you share it around and have several people diff- uh several people comment uh their questions comments concerns on it um and then we'll address all of those and then we'll kind of put together the final draft of the document, reshare that, make sure again, everybody's on the same page. And then we move into the next step of the pre-production process, which is basically um, you know, deciding who's gonna be on camera, when we're gonna do that, um, answering any other questions that you might have about the shoot day, discussing what we need to shoot for B-roll, things like that, making sure that the video isn't just people talking heads on camera, but making sure we have some really engaging B-roll that people can look at while you're telling your story in the background. And how long does this process usually take? This process can certainly be extensive, especially um, if you're a company that hasn't spent a lot of time um, working through this messaging. Um, It does require getting a lot of people on the same page. Um, It can involve, you know, a couple different rounds of revisions, but once we have it, it probably from the from the very start of the brand story discussion process to the creation of the f- rough draft of the creative brief we're probably looking at a week to two weeks um maybe another week for revisions and then several days for the scheduling of all the shooting and then once we have done the sh- the shoot itself is actually one of the shortest parts of the entire okay. process <laughs> and what happens though you know like i mentioned we have lawn service, so yeah. our lawnmower company probably going to be outside. What happens if the weather is like super bad that day? <laughs> Will you reschedule? <laughs> yeah, so so we obviously try and and schedule things in in such a way that we know that the environment that we're shooting in is you know going to be shootable okay. that day. Um, now, obviously, there are situations where you might have to be outside, where you're going to have to have some flexibility with um, the shooting of the B-roll. Um, but we would shoot the interviews in a way that those probably wouldn't have to be rescheduled. You're, you're going to do it inside in a climate-controlled environment. Um, and then we can figure out a day to come back and shoot some of that supporting content. Uh, but the most important part is to get the interviews done Um because and then in the editing process, that's that's probably what takes the longest is kind of piecing together based on your guys's answers, kind of the most short and concise story that we can. OK, um, the shooting day usually is uh, maybe half a day to potentially a full day, rarely a full day. Um, but we'll spend probably a couple hours um, taking care of all the interviews, um, a couple hours shooting B-roll. Um, sometimes the B-roll can get a little bit more complex in that you have to travel to other places to get some shots of certain things that are contextual to your story. Um, but on the simpler side, if it, if it's all something that we can shoot within the confines of your physical business, this is reasonably something that can happen in, in half a day. And then, then we move on to the editing process. The editing process can take, um, 
certainly between two and four weeks, depending on the complexity of this. Uh, that sounds like a long time, but editing is one of the most time consuming, is the most time consuming part about video creation. Um, and then once we've created what we call like the rough draft of the brand story, we will share it with you in this awesome revision program that we have where you can like timestamp comments and circle things if you need to, like <laughs> we want this, can we remove this or add a different shot? I know I said this line at some point, could we maybe add this in here? Um, and in the same way that we did this with the creative brief, share it with your team, make sure everybody gets their comments in, and then we will go back and see what we can or can't adjust based on your revision request. Sometimes there are things that just that cannot be changed, um, but we do our best to kind of accommodate all of the, you know, mm -hmm. obviously the questions, comments, concerns that you ha might have um, about that rough draft. Alex, do you have a brand story video that um, you've worked on in the past that sticks out to you? Maybe a favorite, um, one that went really well? Yeah. I know it's a hard question. <laughs> Putting you on the spot here. We have we have produced a lot of videos. Yeah. Um. Actually, uh, to your point of actually creating videos for businesses that might not be as interesting, potentially, mm -hmm. we've created a, a really cool video um, for a concrete company. And the way that we made it really engaging was, yes, we told the story and it's cool because the business has been around for a very long time, They've been around for like 85 years or something mm -hmm. like that. So they have, they have a huge customer base. Um, they told a little bit about their, the history of their manufacturing. They have like over 8,000 different formulas that they've created over time. So that's kind of indirectly speaking to their experience and kind mm -hmm. of like the intellectual property of their business. Um, another important thing to think about when you're talking about brain story is not just say like, don't just say like, we have great quality. We have, you Everyone know, our, our customer. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone can say that today. So show me, don't tell me. And so things like that saying we have, we've developed 8,000 formulas over the span of 85 years that indirectly speaks like, oh, wow. Okay. They've been around for 85 years. They've done that many, you know, they must know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in addition to just the story that they told, we added some really cool, um, visuals of one of, of, of a barge of their concrete trucks out on a pier because they were repouring concrete for a pier here in Michigan, which yeah. was a really unique project to them. So that's another way that you can kind of supplement the interest of the story is maybe thinking about some unique projects that you might yeah. have, you know, for a lawn mowing company, you probably are going to want to show like, you know, the high end lawns that you might work yeah. with. Mm -hmm. Um, so th there are, are little things like that that you can think about to make it a little bit more interesting. That, um, barge shot of the, the big boats pouring concrete onto the pier in the lake, um, sticks out to me as well. It's just such a cool shot and such a cool story. Um, something that's super unique to them, which is a great example. Absolutely. Um, and that, that one I think tested us a little bit in terms of like you guys asked, how do you <laughs> try and figure out how to tell some of these stories more interestingly or more mm -hmm. creatively? There are ways to do it. Um, whether it's visually or in the, or in the storytelling mm -hmm. process. Um, but you know, like most people's initials reaction would be like, oh, yeah, I mean, you guys make concrete. <laughs> yeah. Not that interesting. We yeah, can do it. <laughs> Very cool. So why, why is the brand story part of the foundational step? Like I said earlier, the brand story 
Every, everything that you create after you've, you've decided on your brand story messaging, every piece of content, every, every, all the marketing that you do should somehow tie back into the messaging of your brand story. Because if it's not, again, you're going down this, this rabbit, these di- separate rabbit holes of segmenting your messaging. And like I said earlier, wherever your potential customer meets you, whether that's in person, whether that's online, whether that's on your social platform, you want the messaging and all the supporting messaging to always be the same. Because if they're getting the same messages in all the different places, you're going to be more, you're more likely to be trusted. People are more likely to engage with you. Um, I completely went off on a, on a tangent there. What was the original question? Oh, no, that was perfect. Yes. <laughs> and um, okay, so taking my lawn service hat off, <laughs> whatever, bringing it back into 21 Handshake and the marketing process, that is the brand story. That is why it is right after step one of the market research. Right. It, um, it moves on to step three, the web hub brand story goes on the web, moves on to social consistency. Are we still telling that brand story on social, on every social platform? It moves on to digital dialogue. Well, now we're presenting this to the outside world. What are they saying about this video? Is it lining up with the messaging of the video? And then, I mean, it just has a snowball effect as the process goes on. And I think outside of the video too, and we talk a lot about this, I know, um, the there's something powerful about consistency um consistency in messaging and how people perceive that mm-hmm. um especially when your entire company is aligned with who you are and why why you do what you do um it's it's a it becomes really powerful so starting that at the beginning to make sure that that carries over in every step is is key well and yeah. when when you mix the the market research and the brand story together you have all the information or that you need to create the copy for your website, um, the ideas for for the content that you're going to create for your whether it's your blog or your you know your online uh, your social medias, all of that messaging should probably should come from the market research that you've done and the brand story that you've created. Right. Yeah. And like you said earlier, if you aren't telling your brand story and controlling that messaging. No matter, I think, what size of company you are, if you're a one-man operation to a hundred-man operation, someone else out there is going to be telling that brand story. And I think that's why it is so important to lay that foundation of saying, this is who we are. This is a story we want to tell. And if someone were to be out there and say, hey, do you know XYZ company? then that person answers with, yes, I do, and blah, 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 blah. And that lines up with that message that you told through your brand story. So it all just really is important and so important of building that foundational step. We can't emphasize that enough. And it just kind of snowballs into leading the rest of the process. And yeah, I, I love the brand story. Love that it creates the messaging that you want to be told about your business. So we want to know, have you officially crafted your brand story? If not, why? I think we've built a pretty compelling argument here why you need to do that. <laughs> so if you have done it on the flip side of that, we would love to see it. Um, just uh, kind of just check it out and just rave about your company. So direct message us the link to it on any of our social channels at 21 Handshake. And if you're interested in learning more about this nine-step process, we have a special for you today. (laughs) Of course we do, right? We have recorded an on-demand webinar for any of our listeners that goes over each step and includes bonus content 
for each step that you can put into action right away. It's really good. It's really great. We want you to check it out. It is at bit.ly forward slash 21 handshake nine step. So we'll link all this in the show notes so you can easily find it. Don't worry about writing it down right now, especially if you're listening to this podcast on the go. But um, we'd love the actionable steps in there as well. Little freebies that you can take and apply today that will make a difference in your business. So did you like this episode? Yes. Of course you did. Who doesn't like talking about their brand? (laughs) Well, then please like, subscribe, leave us a review and share it with a friend. It really does help get the word out about our show. Until next time.